Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Believe in Vikings with me, Matt Baker. I am your host, Dustin Baker, here with Brian McKinney. We think tonight, Sal Spice and Ron Saw digesting a 0-1 Vikings start. Minnesota lost Tampa Bay 20-17 somehow, someway at U.S. Bank Stadium on Sunday. But it's a quick turnaround. Uh, it's Wednesday night for the, the recording of the show, which means you'll probably listen to this Thursday, the day of. Vikings-Eagles Thursday night football, a repeat of last year's Week 2 matchup. So we're going to go through some of the disappointment, uh, disappointing factors from the Vikings' loss at home to Tampa Bay and then kind of get in. So what are our expectations here going forward? Um, just kind of pull the panel on all of this and get Brian's take on recovering from week one losses. He happened to him a couple times. First, however, we're going to talk about betonline.ag. BetOnline is your number one source for all of your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, NFL, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use this promo code BLEAV, believe, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. It's Believe in Vikings, and it's the 0-1 edition. We hope, cross fingers, it can go to 1-1 by late Thursday night, Friday morning, although I'm going to guess we're kind of pessimistic about that. Um, I want to start tonight by talking to Bryant McKinney. He played for the Vikings for nine seasons, and my question is twofold, Mr. McKinney. I'm going to start with the first part. I did my homework, and you, as a member of the Vikings, your teams were 5-2 and two in Week 1 games. You guys lost in 2005 to these Buccaneers, and then in 2010, the home opener to the Saints. And then you famously weren't there for the opener as a rookie, and then in 2008, were you hurt or something? Suspended. Suspended. <laughs> That's, right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I, uh, you know, put my foot in my mouth there. All right. So I got to ask you for perspective. When you lose a game in week one that you were pretty damn sure your team would win, is it is it soul crushing? Uh, what goes through your head as, you know, you get into Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? Um, You want to hear him kind of, I mean, they have a short week, but they also have a challenge, but when you lose, you kind of want to hurry up and get in, make the corrections, and play another game to get that behind you um, to try to right your wrongs from the last game. Um, so that's kind of how it feels. Uh, you know, luckily for them, they have a short week, so they kind of get a chance to get out there and, and play again fast. Um, so that's why I'm kind of looking at this game to be probably a good, you know, a good game, you know, for the Vikings because they're really trying to go out here and try to do better because they fell short last week and they fell short by only three points. But, um, and I seen like, you know, there was a picture of Justin Jefferson, you know, on the sideline after the game, <laughs> visibly upset, you know, by the loss, of the, you know, season opener. Um, so I'm pretty sure they're anxious to get out here. They, this week wasn't going to be too physical of practice for them because of the short turnaround. So they didn't have no days off this week and just a lot of, kind of just looking forward to get back out there and just give it another shot. Is there anything particularly sad or rotten about losing week one when you've spent all training camp and preseason getting ready for it? 
Yeah, nobody wants to go out. I mean, somebody in each, you know, team, somebody half the league loses, but you put in a lot of work, you know, going in, um, training camp and, you know, everybody feels like, oh, this is our year. And so you definitely want to have that feeling of coming through, you know, the first game, the games, you know, season opener, and it was at home, you know, to, to get a win. So to start off like that at home too, is definitely a little disappointing. And then my other part of this is Thursday night football came into uh, existence in 2006, right in the middle of your career. Uh, from your angle, not now as a fan, but then as a player, does it suck? No. Um, no. I'm surprised. Not for that. me. Mm-hmm. Um, because you you almost get like a mini bye week by being able to play. You just know you mentally prepare yourself that you know that, okay, after this game, I don't have, there's no days off. We, it's, probably didn't even watch the film for this game because now you have to jump straight into game planning for your next opponent because all you have is Monday, Tuesday, and you know, Wednesday. So um, this week won't be as physical, but like I said, especially coming off of a loss, you do you are a little more eager to play and try to, especially for those guys who didn't play well, want to go out there and put some some deposit on, you know, on film. So, um, no, and then, you know, after Thursday, you have a couple of days off. Like, you'll get a couple of days off to make up for you know, the week before and everything too. So it is almost like a mini bye week. I don't know if I would want to have the second week though, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. Okay. Uh, Sally, for anybody that listened to the show last week, uh, we didn't give them any inkling that the Vikings were going to lose. Aside from me rattling off all the good players on the Buccaneers defense, we were in unison thinking that this thing felt like a good week one matchup. And we were wrong uh, because they lost 20 to 17. So I want you to outline for the group uh, what was something that was particularly in the game disappointing or shocking about the three-point loss to Baker Mayfield's Buccaneers? Well, first thing, I can't believe that Brian McKinney didn't yell at you for accusing him of missing a game due to injury. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. I always say that, due to injury. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that. that's he'd, a very proud. He'd rather have a suspension on his record than an injury. <laughs> and you know what's funny with that suspension? I still got paid for those games because I, you know, I didn't, they suspended me for something that was premature. Like, you know what I'm saying? I got in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't my fault and everything got dropped. So now everything they had to end up paying me for those four games. Oh, because yeah. They, they, ru- they made a ruling like before there was any real ruling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Every time I pass Bobby and Steve's now, I think about you. <laughs> <laughs> we got, we got pictures to prove it. It's um, Sally in the group chat. Yep. Uh, so let's see. What was is what was most surprising? That's what you asked me, right? Uh, most disappointing I, or shocking about the like the most disappointing is well, the fact they lost. But, I mean, mm-hmm. it's kind of both things. I I think we pretty much all agreed that we thought the offense was going to come out and score um, at least look a little more efficient, and for the second half to just be completely flat, to not have any really fire under them to come back and try to win that game. We've all seen that a thousand times over our lives when it's like the Vikings are still in the game. They're still in the game. It's just going to take one play to get the momentum back on their side and, and come back and win, especially when they're not playing a team much better than them. I think I mentioned um, last show, the last time they played Baker Mayfield, it was the same type of situation (laughs) where, I mean, Baker did play much better this time than the previous time we mentioned, but Still, they they just there was no fire in the second half that made you feel like, okay, this is what's going to happen. 
the only feeling that I had that it maybe if the defense gets a turnover that could switch things up, but it seemed like the, they were so discombobulated on offense in the second half. And I really thought that the offense was going to be a major strength of this game for them. And I thought they would maybe, I didn't think, I did not expect them to let their foot off the gas pedal offensively. Mine closely mirrors yours, Sally. It was the mere fact that they turned the ball over thrice, didn't force any takeaways, and it still felt up until the last first down that, all right, they're going to find a way to win this thing. Generally, when you're watching an NFL game, probably any football game, when you're underwater and the turnover differential by three, you're usually down 24-7 or something and waiting for a Colts-like comeback. But this, even like the first two turnovers, it was like, meh, that sucks. We'll get them back later. And then the later ne- simply never arrived. And it was like this waiting game, a lot like that Browns loss two years ago, where you're like, come on, come on. It's right there. God damn it. Go get it. And they just never quite did. So the fact they lost the turnover battle still in the thing and couldn't uh, like they did every game last year in the regular season, go win it when it mattered. They couldn't quite do it. And I was I was surprised by that. Ron, what say you? Well, no, it was, uh, yeah, the turnovers obviously um, were killer. But <clears throat> to me, it was, I don't think the defense played all that bad. They just didn't get a stop when they needed to. That coming out of halftime, that, uh, what was it, 9-10 play, you know, 10-minute drive. But it was only like a 38-yard drive, like where they put points on the board. Like that, that's backbreaking because you, you're doing everything right, but you just can't get the ball back and you can't work on the momentum on that side so the 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 little bend and don't break type thing it it felt a little different because we were bringing pressure and we were you know causing some chaos but at some point then you know rubber needs to meet the road and you need to be able to get off the field um even on the play where uh, Ben Whitley um you know missed the sack but you know it was a third down play and he threw or baker threw it out of bounds it's like those are things where it's like you got to capitalize on that especially i think that was his only snap of the game and he could have had a sack and then ivan pace to end the game like i understand like they protect quarterbacks and you know you don't know if he's going to go into a slide or not but you got to be a little more aggressive and not let him meet you at the sticks you got to get him before um so little things like that where I don't know if they were playing tentative at, at in spurts, but um, you know, otherwise there were some bright spots on how the defense looked. Um, I mean, Baker still only had what I was just looking at at 173 yards, so he didn't just go scorched earth on us. Like they averaged three 2.2 yards per carry on the ground, so um, it was just the timely nature of it. When you know you have a third and five and you can't get off off the field, or you force him to a field goal and you're lined up offsides, which I still don't know. I, I still don't see that. Um, I don't know what the refs were looking at, uh, but I looked at the replay and I'm like, if that's what they're calling, that's pretty, uh, you know, pretty ticky tack. So, uh, but that's neither here nor there. You can't make that. You can't do that. Um, I don't know if that's on special teams coach or on the players themselves, but uh, um, there's some bright spots, but it is disappointing because this is one of those games that I don't think anyone had uh, had as a, a loss. Um, you know, it's not some of those other games coming up. Um so to get to the 10, 11 wins, that could be, that could be tricky. Cause you gotta, you gotta handle business at home against, um, uh, against an underdog team. Um, there's no, there's no way around that. Sally, this was the, the fewest yards allowed in a game by the Vikings since November of 2020. And from my vantage point in section three forty four, 
especially the first half. I was like, this is phenomenal. I thought the yeah. defense looked wonderful. I was texting uh, Yannick, who's been on this show, Yannick Eckhart from Germany. I was like, God, if this defense is close to the truth and the offense eventually gets their shit together, this team's going to be good. Uh, that was before they lost, mind you. But were you encouraged too, Sally, by the, by the defense? Or did you just chalk it up to eh, Baker Mayfield? No, I, I totally was as well. Um, impressed by that. I th- um, I kind of, I think probably all of us felt this way that we thought it would be the opposite. The offense, <laughs> the offense would be out there eating up the clock and the defense would have not necessarily struggled, but that that was going to, it was going to be more lopsided in the offense's favor. Not that it would be the defense kind of keeping them in the game. Partially, I think it had to do with Baker Mayfield. Of course, I don't think they're going to be, I, I don't think if they would have played a better quarterback, they maybe would have looked as good. I mean, that's pretty obvious, but I was, I was very impressed with, with how they played um, at least first half. Now, second half, I don't, they really couldn't get off the field long, especially the last two drives. So I, I can't really hold that against them, especially as inexperienced as they are. It, fe- it felt like at halftime that the Browns real or excuse me, the uh, <laughs> Buccaneers realized that, you know, we can just dink and dunk this thing. We can keep it, keep it underneath mm-hmm. and just, Keep, keep the ball, ball control, we're going to get them. And that's exactly what they did. They kept it all underneath. It was maddening. Um, my next thing for you, Bryant, uh, let's pretend uh, that you were on the 2022 Vikings last year in week two that went to Philadelphia. The Vikings played a horrible game, lost 24 to seven, which probably should have been more like 35 to seven. Uh, yeah. Do you have it in your mind, Bryant, you know, a year later, exact same week, exact same venue, pretty much the same. Team. Why is it always in Philly? It seems like. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, I don't know. Uh, that, that's part of the, the head scratcher. But do you accept a Super Bowl? Philly plays here Super Bowls, but that's <laughs> that about right. it. <laughs> do you re, do you remind yourself like, hey, gentlemen, last week we had this exact same, last year we had this exact same thing happen to us and we lost. Let's go make up for this. Absolutely. Uh, okay. Um that happened that happened to me when I was in Baltimore when we went to the AFC Championship my first year there and lost to New England and then somehow made it back to be the following year in that same situation. Um, you definitely have a different fire and you know what they did. And it's like your chance to kind of if you get in a fight to get a chance to fight somebody again and like you know, like <laughs> payback. And so you feel like you've improved, you should have learned, you know, from those things. And now you want to really go out here and demonstrate, you know, what you can do in that. Okay, you might have come in off day and go out here and play at a higher level. And my next question for the panel, I'll start with you again, Bryant. Uh, hopefully, you'll give us some level-headed perspective here because I know a lot of a lot of fans panicked because we spent all summer being told by sports books and NFL experts that the Vikings were about an eight and nine, nine and eight team, and when you lose the Buccaneers, it's like, oh God, were those, were those people right? So last week we all sat on the show and said ten and seven or eleven and six. Does this loss? change your perception at all of the Vikings or is it just week one? It's week one. We have to see how the Bucks pan out. Maybe they are a lot better team and that we, you know, could imagine. You also have to see about injuries. You see how they with the Jets, their injury, you know, so God, yeah. a lot of projections. You got to see who can stay healthy throughout the season. Um so there's a lot of different factors that can take place which can change the season and mold it. So I feel like there may be a game where we might all say, mm, we're not sure we'll win this one and we'll end up winning it. Like, and it could make up for something. So we just got to see how things unfold during the season. 
Ron, whenever I depart uh, the Vikings game, I've got a four-hour drive home. Uh, it gives me a long time to soul-search. Most of the time I leave that building, I'm happy because the Vikings play well there. Uh, but even I, driving home, I, I did the thing where I'm like, did I did I get ahead of myself and think this team was too good? And I've spent the last four days trying to figure out, you know, am I being too critical? Was it just week one? And then the thing that sucks is they play the Eagles in, uh, you know, 24 hours to try to get the thing right. But what did the loss to the Buccaneers did that change your temperature or expectation about the team? In a way, yes. Um, in this, because again, this was a game that you know was penciled in as one of those "quote unquote" guaranteed wins. You know, there's other games where it's like, you know, it can go one way or another, but you hope to be out on top. This was one that you know any projection that you know I myself would have made this was a W on there so um that part obviously does change things a little bit but yeah to Brian's point um you know an injury can happen down the road something like that but also more importantly whether or not the Bucks are actually a good team or not every year those teams there's always teams that are at the top that fall back and there's teams that are at the bottom that mm-hmm. jump up like it just happens every year um who knows the Buccaneers did win the division last year I know it was a weak division but Maybe it was a tougher game than than we all would have thought. But then you look at the game itself, and we dominated pretty much on all aspects. <laughs> you know, we we the score should have been you know you know thirty to thirteen or something like that, just based on play. It's the turnovers. It's the 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 timely nature of not being able to execute. Again, the like you've mentioned, they were dinking and dunking coming out in the second half, and that where was the scheme change from that? It looked like they looked at it as hey. Um, they're bringing pressure a lot. So let's just get the ball out quickly. And Baker, you know, it's like he caught the ball, the ball's out. And, you know, again, four or five yards down the field, just those glorified running plays. But it seemed to work because we couldn't get off the field. So um, there are some bright spots to look at it. And there may be some of those where, you know, coming into games in the future that I look at a little differently in the sense that, well, we are capable of doing things if we don't, shoot ourselves in the foot at times. So again, we'll take it game by game. We'll see if it snowballs um, one way or another tomorrow, but uh, um, who knows, maybe tomorrow's one where it's like, you know, it's the opposite where we're not shooting ourselves in the foot, but we don't go out and win the game, but they go come out and lose the game. It happens both ways. Another thing I'm a little bit concerned about, and this is dating back to last year is I'm hoping this home field advantage creeps up to be real dominant again. I swear to God, the last four times I've gone there, they've needed like an act of God to win or they lost. So the Colts game, they the first half against the Colts, absolutely horrendous against a terrible team. Then against the Giants, they needed a 60 blah, blah, blah yard field goal, the longest in Vikings history to beat the Giants in the regular season. Then we had the playoff game that needs no caption. Then this game, they lost to the Bucks. It feels like every time I go there, uh, I used to go and be like, all right, they're going to win this son of a bitch about 24 to 10 because Mike Zimmer's the coach and everything's going to be hunky dory. And now these last four games, I'm like, all right, what's going on here? Um, Sally, does, does your temperature dip at all perception change after losing to the Bucks? Yeah, totally. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of to go off of what Ron said, when we look at the schedule, it was pretty much, all right, this is a gimme. It's going to be tough, especially with the schedule going forward the next four weeks. They needed to get a win where they could. And to, you know, yeah, the stat sheet looked great, especially the first half, but it didn't equate to, I I just didn't see any fire from them in the second half that made me believe 
they were going to roll into this Thursday night, which was already going to be extremely <laughs> tough with any momentum. They didn't build on anything. So, yeah, I think it's it's bad because they're going to, if they start off 0-2, not to sound like common man, but they've got, what, an 11% chance of making the playoffs with that, with, mm-hmm. with that uh, 0-2 start. And then you're kind of looking at, well, when's your next kind of gimme? That's Carolina. And I I don't know. I agree with Bryant that, of course, they could make up one of those games that I have penciled in as a loss right now, and it could just flip-flop. But I really would have liked them to come out and um, act like they wanted to win their first game. So most, of- And it just didn't seem like they wanted to. It seemed like Justin Jefferson wanted to. Other yeah. than him, who really seemed like they cared that much. It looked like a team that didn't play any preseason football. And last year, they just somehow got away with it in week one. Um, yeah, that- but I'm seeing that preseason thing a lot being thrown around. And it's like, well, look, at did Jared Goff didn't play any preseason? Mm-hmm. He looked fine. <laughs> he looked great, actually. Yeah, yeah. And then, no, this didn't um, translate to last year either. The, the Vikings looked hungry against the Packers in week one. Um, so do exactly, you, yes. Do you, do you buy buy into any of week one rust for this? Or do you just think that perhaps we overstayed? Do you think they overlooked them? God, I sure hope not. Um, but it has to be examined because they lost and they were, you know, what, five or six point favorites? Yeah, I mean, that would be criminal if they did because we I rattled off, what, seven dudes on defense for the Bucs one week ago tonight that made us all go, oh, wow, that guy's still on the team. So they shouldn't have, um, but they did. Um, what about uh, Antoine Winfield Jr.? I wish I'd ever heard <laughs> of that guy. fumble and all that. <laughs> Did you see how in the program the Vikings wrote Antoine Win? He got a whole page, mm-hmm. and it said Antoine Winfield Jr., who is of course son of Vikings legend Antoine Winfield. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like that was just insult to injury to me <laughs> that they had to write of course. Yeah, um, w- would have been nice to have that guy on the radar, you know. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I'd hope they didn't overlook it. The schedule they've been looking forward to since May. But it it certainly seemed like something was up. And it, now with the offensive line issues, you know, if Bradbury tweaked that back injury that's from a car accident last year, eh, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. I so didn't see any fire from them. It sound, sounds like you're, you've been dialed back to more of the the nine and eight or eight and nine Vikings Sally that we know and love. Yeah. And And you don't want to obviously put too much into one week. Of course. Like Mm -hmm. I don't want to sit here and say, Oh, well, green Bay looks great. So (laughs) everyone who's counting them out needs, maybe they're going to win the division. I don't want to overreact that way. It was just very disappointing. First game back. You should be sky high. And to let those turnovers just completely take the wind out of your sails when you're still in the game. It just, I don't get it. I think we all um, on a base level agree with you, Sally. It would have been different if they were going to Tampa or if it was Chargers in week one. But it, it really, like I, we talked about this all summer. If you look at the schedule, there are no more gimmies. Um, mm-hmm. There just aren't. I go into, go into Carolina. I mean, Bryce Young could have matured by a few weeks by then. Thielen's going to want to get a dub. Uh, the Bears might have played horrendous against the Packers, but we know both of those games are going to be slugfests if they mean anything, which they should on this guy. Like every single game is like, huh. And this one was at home. 
uh, against a team that per power rankings was ranked like 27th across the board. And they, like Brian said, either aren't that bad or the Vikings aren't that good. And we're going to find out in the next couple of weeks in living color, which one is true. I also just didn't get why they kept, well, first of all, why is CJ Ham getting so many plays? <laughs> and then the screen game was just straight up not working. Mm-hmm. And I know you can't give up on it right away, but you know, when TJ Hawkinson's last two passes add up for negative seven yards, I just don't, I don't get it with all the weapons that you have on offense. And that's the best you could put together when you've had what, six months to think about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, Brian, let's transition into this Philadelphia stuff. Uh, Thursday night, the Vikings playing the Super Bowl runner up who survived and advanced against the Patriots on the road. Uh, when I, I got back home and saw that score, I was like, oh, the Eagles won. But then I read up about it, and most of the Eagles writers were like, whew, we got lucky there. I guess they didn't play very well. Um, we <laughs> shall see how they turn around. But tell me, Bryant, why are you optimistic or not about Vikings-Eagles tomorrow night? I just feel like we don't never really play well against the Eagles for some reason. Um, even when I was playing, I don't recall us beating the Eagles too much. Like they knocked us out of the playoffs a few times. Um, but I'm saying from a standpoint of them not playing well last week, some of those guys will be motivated to put a better display on film. So it should be, it should be better, more energetic, you know, and this is a team you, that you've lost to a couple of times. So it gotta be something there, you know? So. I'm not, I'm kind of up and down on how I feel. Um, even though Eagles won, they might have got chewed out a little bit just probably based on some of their play or whatever. But then again, like I said, both teams didn't really have a chance to watch the film because you had to go straight into the next team. So I don't know. Uh, Ron, <clears throat> just talking out loud this week with some of my uh, friends about the Vikings, we, we kind of agreed that it would be a very Viking thing to do to lose at home to the Bucks, have everybody just say, oh my God, and then show up and play wonderful on the road when you're not really expecting it. And you're like, all right, I knew it was in there somewhere. Don't have a whole bunch of turnovers. Everything's clicking, especially because they didn't play well there last year. It would be from our lifetimes, very Viking-esque to do that. Are we being too optimistic to have that theory, sir? No, I, I mean, usually, like we've talked about in the past, like there always seems to be this aura of the Vikings tend to play down to opponent level. Um, but then there are times when they play up to opponent level as well. And the, I guess the one saving grace you could kind of say is for primetime games, they play well on Thursday nights. Like they may not play well for a full 60 minutes, take back <laughs> that, that Steelers game a couple years ago. Um, but otherwise, like they typically – like they show up on, you know, like last year, Thanksgiving against the Patriots. Um, like there, there was a little hiccup there, um, you know, early on, but once they hit their traction or they got their stride, they, uh, they, they tend to roll with it. So, um, you know, also the short week, I, I, I think the, the overlook factor of the Buccaneers, I think that kind of is a big factor because you're going up against, you know, you, as much as players will say that they were focused on the game, whatnot, it's hard to, to look at the schedule and it comes out. You have a home game to open the season, and then right away Thursday you go to Philly, a place that, you know, they were runners-up in the Super Bowl, a team that um, kind of embarrassed you on national TV last year. It's hard to, as a, you know, if you played in that game, to not look at that from that angle. So 
Um, now, whether or not they're going to be able to have the talent to play up to the competition, that's another question. Um, I know Fletcher Cox is in question. Uh, James Bradbury's already listed as out, and I think Gainwell's out as well. So um, they're going to be missing some key pieces. Obviously, Bradbury is a uh, um, the interior of the line could, uh, you know, it's sad to say could use him. Um, you know, we don't need our right guard punching out or any more forced fumbles out there, but, uh, um, I mean, we'll see. Um, we have, <clears throat> when you have Justin Jefferson on the outside, you know, you could be in every single game. Um, and you know, if he has the first half that he had on Sunday throughout the whole game, um, you know, then you can't count the Vikings out. So I'm hoping that, yeah, this is a, chance where they literally just turn the page and just get into as much as they can for Thursday's game and go out and, and, you know, they're playing with house money because no, no one thinks they're going to win. <laughs> on Bryant. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. I was going to ask Bryant, have you ever played with a guy on the line who just develops a reputation after a while of that? He absolutely cannot be trusted. And what I mean by that is he trips up the quarterback several times and he um, punches the own ball, the ball out of his own quarterback's hands, so a few times. Have you ever played with somebody like that? And if you have, how do you? Are you even nice to them? No, who does that? Why do they keep making that mistake? Like, why isn't that being corrected in practice? The, cur- the current Vikings right guard. <laughs> what is he stepping wrong or something? Is and that needs to be addressed at practice because how is that happening? Well, this was last year as well. It's not a new thing. Hey, tripped Kirk twice. Yeah, but something needs to be something needs to be done. Like he's tripping up the quarterback and knocking the balls and all that. Like, where's his awareness at? Well, I mean, he he says he plays well, so um, you know, you know, clearly he has no self awareness. Yep. So, did he say uh, that? Oh yeah, oh yeah. He's him. like, I thought I played pretty well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's all happy go lucky about it. It's yeah. He's not getting down on himself. But have you ever played with anybody, Bryant, who is just – I don't want to say he's bad because I, I don't know, like, his – I played with some – I mean, I played with somebody, like, um, who was always jumping off sides. Um, Ryan, was it Ryan Cook? Like, that was probably, like, the most <laughs> that it was. It's like, every game I knew it was, like, we're going to get off sides. It was Ryan Cook. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's yeah. probably the most that I probably dealt with. <laughs> Okay. He's that one that's always uh, the ball down. Like, no, that's crazy. Okay. I I love that you guys said it and we said it too. (laughs) Like it's teenagers. (laughs) Well, that's, I mean, it's the, that's, he's the one where his name will always uh, be negative to me because that was what we used on the pick we got for Culpepper. (laughs) And so um, when we, when we traded Culpepper to to Miami, that was the pick that we got and it was used on Ryan Cook and he never, I was just never a fan of his. He didn't. uh, Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So. I think Bryant, did they ever accidentally say your name once too when they meant him? My name was offsides? Yeah, but did they I accidentally barely ever offsides? So. No, I'm saying did they misspeak once and say I know at least once they've said your name, but it wasn't you. You know, sometimes they say the wrong player. I don't know if it's been telling. Oh. I probably wouldn't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Actually, that reminds but, me, like, because we didn't get to talk about obviously, like, the Thursday game. Like, you played tackle, obviously, Jawan Taylor on the Chiefs. Like, it was obviously the broadcast is even mentioning it how how far back he was lined up, and even at one point calling him a slot receiver because he was so far off the line. They, um, but referees like, warn you unless you know, like, they they let you get away with it one time, but they'll warn you like screwed up. Like, that's okay. You. 
Because what's the rule? It's your helmet has to be on the waistline. It has to break the, the bell line of um, okay. like the rest of the guards and everybody else, or, or other than that, you're in the backfield. Okay. <laughs> Must help when you're six foot eight, and you know you, yeah, well, you get I'm, that you know, stuff. So for me, I have no more, you know, room, but you know, other guys might not. So you're trying to back up, probably in a loud environment, and to give yourself more time or space, and just find yourself a little back too far. Yeah. But I always would look at like Hutch's feet or whoever next to me feet and kind of align a little bit, you know, behind him and tell them to move back some too because it's really <laughs> off of the guard. Like if the guard's gonna be up there with the center, like back up some, and that, <laughs> that gives me room to back up some. Sally, do you have any room for optimism um, heading to Thursday night? Any of the story that I told inspire you, or you just expect an L? I really don't. I was very surprised when I looked up the score from last year, a couple of days ago, and that it was only 24 to seven, because mm-hmm. like you said, it did not feel that <laughs> way at all. It felt just like, I mean, was that seven in garbage time? No, that was no, because that was early on. Everything went downhill when it Earth was like Smith the dropped that drive. ball. Mm-hmm. It was, and that's the thing, okay. the 24 7, in a lot of ways, it felt closer than that because we blocked the field goal or whatever. And was it Peterson that got caught? He couldn't, uh, he got caught by the punter or something. Um, but we had opportunities to cut in. It's like, oh, if we get this here, we're, you know, one score game. But, you know, we just could never, you know, capitalize on it. And then Kirk had the yeah. just forcing the, fourth quarter interceptions. Yeah. Yeah. Like every time that we had like, all right, we were only, we're only two and a half scores down, blah, blah, blah. Then Kirk would mm-hmm. throw one of those interceptions. It was a bad Kirk game. It was like one of the only bad Kirk games last year at all. Yeah, I remember that now. So, I mean, when you did the surprise of when to, I guess I can kind of see that it would be like the exact opposite of last year when they came out and just mm-hmm. destroyed Green Bay and we thought oh my god this team is definitely I mean they could even go to the Super Bowl playing like this like this is crazy and then the next week to completely lay an egg I guess it would be reminiscent of that but a primetime game in Philadelphia I never feel good about that but when it's coming off of a loss um the type of loss they just had. I I don't know how it happens. Yeah. I mean, Jalen Hurts did have, Jalen didn't have a good game last week by his standards. And I think it's pretty much the defense that, that won them that game, at least from what I saw. So I guess if they could keep him, keep him reined in, maybe they have they a shot. Also, that team went to the Super Bowl last year too. So People always play teams who won or went to the Super Bowl a little harder too mm-hmm. uh, the following year. So they're going to have a everybody's going to like step their game up. Like oh, they went to the Super Bowl. So I feel like the I feel like the Vikings will come out and play a hard game. Hopefully, they can sustain it for the whole sixty minutes. And I wonder what is Kirk's is... record at um, Philadelphia total. Oh, I can pull it up. He's played there yeah. a bunch. We know that for exactly, sure. yeah, because mm-hmm. of he being in Washington. Well, while you're looking that up, Dustin, like I wanted to say, like it, it sucks. What sucks most about the starting off zero and one for a winnable game is with tomorrow's game. There, there could have been a ton of positives off of a loss. Like you could, you know, play a great game against a great team and come up short. Um, you know, lose by three or something. But now it kind of feels like you can't have those moral victories mm-hmm. when you start off 0-2. But if, nope. you know, if you one and one on the road against a tough opponent, 
you know, you can build off of that. Whereas it's hard to sell a fan base when you start off 0-2. Oh, now you're coming home and playing the Chargers. Um, you know, like it's it's a lot tougher. So it's almost the only way to satisfy that is to get a win. Like even if it's an ugly win, you know, I think people would be happier with a win that, you know, a 2 nothing where safety wins the game versus a, you know, a, a 42 34 loss or something like that. Yeah, it looks like uh heading into last year, he yeah. he his teams were 3 and 1 on last so they lost last year and 3 and 2. So, he actually plays quite well there. Um, oh, why am I seeing 3 and 3? Wherever I'm looking. No, I got mm. uh since since the becoming maybe it was it was probably with the RG3 like when he was a backup. This is as a starter. If you if you want oh. to that's something I guess because they would have played them twice a year. So yeah, three extra games when RG three was the quarterback or somebody else. Hmm, I don't know. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, it sounds like does anybody, any of us, actually think that the Vikings will win? Bryant, you? I'm unsure. I, I expect it to be a little more of a physical and less mistake pregame. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Ron ultimately taking the Eagles? Um, yeah, I think I would take the Eagles. Also, um, I don't know what's going on with Darius. Or like, if Darius is not playing, then I give us damn near close to a 0% chance. Um, <laughs> just without, without Darius, without two starters on your offensive line and, you know, are arguably your best one in, in Darius. Um, Wait, what? What's that, up with Darius? This is breaking well, news to me. He's he's been on the injury report and he's still questionable. Um, so I don't know what uh, I don't know if, what that means as far as nobody's known if he's practice or not though because yeah. he's been limited in practice and we did we diagnose he's from there. So I'm gonna guess he's gonna he's gonna play. I mean that's just a theory though. Mm-hmm. I guess yeah, um, he was limited the last few days. Yeah. So. I'll leave the group and listeners with this. This will be Jalen Hurts seeing a Belichickian like a defense in back-to-back weeks because that's essentially what Flores brought over and where he learned. And then the Vikings under Kevin O'Connell have not lost back-to-back games. They flat out have not. Uh, so that's that stat will be put to the almighty test. And this group will be back in one week, hopefully, to talk about the one and one Vikings. Otherwise, we're going to be chatting about a desperation game at home against the Chargers, who are absolutely no pushover either. Anything else, Sally? No. No. No, not at all. No. All right, I'll guys. light the candle. I'll yeah, do the, candle. do the candle for sure. And we shall talk to everybody in one week, all right? All right. Sounds good. Talk to you later, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.